Hey, everybody. Welcome into episode nine of the Corporate Global Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I'm your host, William Spicer. Spicer, we've got a good show today. We've got a couple trades, got some, eh, it was an okay week six this week in the NFL, uh, some very exciting matchups in our league, as well as uh, very exciting matchups in the AFC South. So, Spicer, how are you doing this morning? Oh, pretty good. You know, uh, uh, weird. Coming off the, the weird two-game Monday night, uh, loved it. Loved having a little end-of-the-workday watch party for myself as I was doing some work, so gotta love it. Yeah, that's uh, started to become normal, it seems, with uh, a game. The last several weeks have been postponed due to COVID, so I'll take some extra football in my week. Uh, it's always enjoyable, especially when it's a good game, uh, like the Chiefs-Bills was. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good weekend. We... Um, I had some interesting things happen in our league that I, I'm very excited to talk about, but let's talk about the uh, the trades first. So we had one trade that did play an impact, uh, a big impact this week, and then one that didn't. So um, I traded uh, real quick, just I traded a 2021 fourth for Naheem Hines, and uh, this doesn't even really deserve comment except to say that it was funny. Wyatt sent me this offer, and... Um, I actually declined it at first because I have Heinz in my other league, and I guess my brain saw that and was like, that's not enough for Heinz, and I just declined it instantly. (laughs) And then I realized, like, wait a second, he sent me that. So uh, I sent it back to him and and got Heinz, which is really just a backup plan since I have Jonathan Taylor. Nothing exciting there. Um, But the big trade this week was I traded with the popular ballers, and I got Julio Jones for Travis Fulgham, uh, Rob's second round pick and Katie's third. What did you think about this? Um, very good trade. Just for for me personally, like in that trade, I'd rather be Aaron. Like, it's an, it's a trade where like because of where Aaron is, I think that this trade matters more for Aaron than it does for you. But it certainly can like it was certainly a trade that pushes you over the top and and didn't really cost you much relative to what you had accumulated through other trades right so it's like low cost to you but a really high reward for Aaron so um so I gave the slight edge to Aaron just because like especially after Travis Fulham you know even with Julio Jones putting up a big 30 point week um Fulham still having like back-to-back solid weeks and getting the picks is like good for at least Aaron to have some hope for the future and at that role you know yeah I think it makes sense for both of us I think uh we talked about last week the popular ballers kind of in an interesting place. Are they going to look towards the future? Are they going to still try to compete? And uh, this trade kind of still allows them to push that decision out some because Fulgham uh, did continue producing. The thing here was I knew he was going to be enticing after he had his huge week, and I was just hoping and still am hoping maybe even with another good week, maybe he's a flash in the pan. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's good, but... There's just so many injuries on that Eagles team, it's hard to tell if he'll still have a role when they all come back. So um, I'm happy to have Julio, and he paid off for me here. He certainly did. All right, let's look at the week six of the NFL. Um, first, I, th- I think uh, this isn't a, you know, a huge breaking news or anything, but I think we should give some props to the Falcons. for We've been hard on them all, all season. They fired their coach, and, and they come out and... Uh, they get a to get a victory. Yes, they uh they have been they did 
certainly have their moments of struggle, but um, yeah, they they seem to have maybe turned it around. I, I'm sure it helps having Julio back. I, I I was sort of talking through. I know we just talked about Julio. We're gonna keep talking about him. Uh, he like him coming back probably throws off defensive game plan. Like you you scheme for Calvin Ridley and you think to yourself like, oh, Julio's 32, getting older. Like maybe he can be like kind of considered a normal good wide receiver. Nope. It doesn't seem that that's the case. So there is a part of me, though, that thinks defense are going to be like, okay, back to the Julio Jones, like DeAndre Hopkins, like all those teams that have players like that style of defense where we're just going to have to shut them down and say Calvin Ridley beat us. So I'm, I'm curious to see if Julio keeps up, like, really playing well like that. Yeah, same for me here, especially with him on my team now. There was a lot of fantasy implications in this game that we'll talk about later as well. But I uh, just wanted to give a nod to the Falcons there. I'm curious, Spicer, I know uh, you played football in high school, and it, it's it's a lot different, but did you ever have a, a head coach change in football? Absolutely not. You know mm. how that, like, my my our football coach had been coaching for, like, 20 years by the time I was there and probably and, di- and didn't stop coaching until maybe, like, two years ago. So mm, Classic. Like, yeah. And yeah, it's just interesting. I've always been curious to hear a, from a like a player like you know you hear people on both sides talking about a coach leaving midseason and what it can do to a team but here for the Falcons it worked out um all right let's move on this next game uh I want to do a callback to an old Titans game and see if you remember this because this this game I'm about to mention is what this felt like so the Broncos beat the Patriots 18 to 12 (laughs) a horrid game uh Drew Locke didn't really do great he got his team down the field a bunch and then they ended up kicking five field goals or no six field goals um and uh brandon mcmanus for the broncos just single-handedly did it for for the broncos and i'm wondering spicer if you remember that game for rob baronis back in houston oh yes absolutely um what that was an eight field goal performance i think so yeah yeah uh, against the Texas, and that was a weird. I feel like the end score of that game was something like fifty-two to thirty-nine. It w- had to have been like a scoreagami score, like oh for sure. Like it was bizarre. Whatever the score was, I remember. Um, yeah, yeah, six field goals. Uh, I just I instantly thought about that because like five field goals is a lot. I mean that's usually noteworthy, but once you go go past that, the kicker is doing all the work and it really it tells you something about the offense that's like okay you need to work on some things this week um it makes me excited for the broncos because i kind of want them to be good i want another good young quarterback like Locke to do well but my goodness (laughs) it did not do it this week um not sure what's going on with the patriots yeah the patriots seemed well i'll i'll talk a little bit about the patriots some more later in the show too but um in terms of Kicking the ball a lot. I always kind of love these games because this is a classic of like going back to high school. Like you don't win games just kicking field goals, or like, or like <laughs> it's kind of like the equivalent of in hockey when you're on the power play and you just the fan that just yells shoot. That's mm. just something that every fan's like, bah, 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 I've got to kick the field goal. Like I hate kicking field goals. You want to just go for it? Kind of like you know how the Vikings did last week when they didn't kick the field goal and went for it. Um, yes, but this is a game where they legitimately the field goal kicker won the game. Kicking field goals won the game. Yeah, you <clears throat> can't say that very often, uh, especially with him being the sole point scorer. So good job, Brandon McManus. Um, next, uh, before we talk about some of the primetime games, 
Um, Fitz, Fitz magic continues. I know it was against the Jets, but the Dolphins shut out the Jets 24-0 and are kind of in the playoff picture. Yes, don't care. Let's just talk about the five plays we saw two of four. Just amazing. That's what I was going to say. That's all that matters. He came in there. He, he didn't have his hip explode. He completed both of his passes. It was nice to see him finally hit the field. It was beautiful. It, and again, it, they're going to be in this weird position where they may be tempted not to play him because with the Bills losing, they're only one game behind the division lead. And uh, I don't know. I, I want to see Tua, but Fitzmagic is still doing well. So, yeah. Not sure what will happen there. Jets and are terrible, then, too. Let's, let's the not, Jets are very bad. They're so bad. Yeah. Uh, they are. They are very, very bad. And then the last thing I was going to talk about was I was really disappointed in kind of the ending of Sunday as far as the the actual games went. Mm-hmm. The the uh, everyone was excited about the Bucks and the Packers game, myself included. <clears throat> and man, it was just a big bummer. Two interceptions can really flip a game. And um, <laughs> the Aaron Rodgers like like humping after the touchdown thing was weird. And then after that, it was all downhill. Wait, I didn't even see humping after the touchdown. Yeah, they, they scored oh. a touchdown that got called back. But before it got called back, um, Rogers like did this weird like hip thrust thing. You you got to look it up because it's very <laughs> concerning to the eyes. And um, after that, you know they 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 do score. Uh, and then after that is when he threw the pick six, and then another pick right after that. <laughs> So you could tell he had some confidence in that game, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, I'm finally going to, like, destroy Brady. And he, then that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I like that. I hear the audio of Joe Buck in the background. You, are you seeing it? Describe your live reaction. Oh, my gosh. Wait. It, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty creepy. Uh, it is weird. This seems to be a bit from Key and Peele. Yeah, I, I think it is that old skit. I I don't know anything about it. That's a that is very bad. It, it is it's very, very bad, bad because the touchdown gets called back. It's very <laughs> bad because it's like it looks like how I would imagine Aaron Rodgers has sex, which is he doesn't do anything. He just <laughs> exactly. he's just like standing there. Like exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay. It, He's like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and he's wrong. He's wrong. Oh, gosh. Aaron. So that is a perfect um, <laughs> summation of that game because after that that little move there, it all went downhill and Tom Brady rolled on, uh, didn't have anything flashy happen, but he didn't really need to because they just crushed him. So that was a bummer. And then the Sunday night game, Rams 49ers, big letdown, had – a huge gambling loss. I was pretty bummed about that. And I would prefer not to talk about it. So um, <laughs> Monday night, anything there for you? No, one of the most flaccid games I've ever watched on prime yeah. time. Just mm-hmm. it, like it, it's up there with when the the NFL decides to throw the Titans and Jags a bone and makes them play <laughs> on a prime time slot. Normally they only right. give them Thursday, but those games are always just terrible. Yeah. Yep, Kyler Murray's good, but that's that's all I, I got to say from that. Well, let's get to uh, the real meat here, get into our games, and uh, run through these. We're going to update the standings today on the show uh, before giving out our awards. So actually, you know what? Before we go into that, Spicer, we're going to introduce a new segment. So a new segment alert. Uh, this is a 
a segment that's called Can I have this? And um, I'm going to start it off the first ever Can I Have This, Spicer. And Ooh. yeah, I, I, need, I need this because this weekend, my Kentucky football Wildcats, for the first time since I have been on this planet, won a football game in Knoxville. So it was very exciting. You know, last year we had a, a very weird season because our first four quarterbacks got hurt and we had to play a wide receiver at quarterback. Um, but we ended up having the best rushing offense in America that wasn't a military school and led the nation in rushing. So that was exciting. But this year I thought we might have like a real football team that was good. And then you know, we uh, had a disappointment against Auburn, missed an extra point against Ole Miss, and have been trying to get back. And man, this was this was amazing. I don't know if you watched any of it or had any reason to, but the whole game was just Hunter at his best. Um, so yes, I did watch it. Not only did I watch it, I watched the whole thing. Oh, good. Um, and it was just a beatdown, dude. Like you, you, you do get to clap because you guys just took it to Knoxville, like. They looked out of sorts. So, yeah, you get to feel good. You get thanks. It's because it was. It's it's been what like, like I know it's been, it's been like thirty four years. Like yeah, since nineteen eighty four. Yeah, it's a long so, time. That is a very very long time. Some of the the stats, like it it seems weirder than it is. Just but when the reality is that just Kentucky doesn't ever win in Knoxville. But like since we won and we won by a lot, it was the biggest defeat that kentucky has had over tennessee and knoxville since 1893 oh my goodness gracious <laughs> which doesn't say it, it it says more about how many times kentucky's lost to tennessee than it does by like how many points we beat them by if that makes sense yes um but yeah the back-to-back pick sixes was a euphoric feeling as a football fan that i'm not sure it's easy to repeat maybe because you just don't ever you know, you don't ever have the ball consecutively unless bad things happen. So it has to happen on defense. And I was screaming so loud that Marianne like ran into the room <laughs> because <laughs> I had already just screamed from the first one that she thought it had to be not football related. And I was like, no, 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 it's okay. It's just Kentucky. Wow. So yeah. I'm very excited about this. I need to tamper my expectations a little bit because we get Mizzou this week. I think we should beat them easily. And then we we have the potential to go into the Georgia game three and two with a little bit of heat behind us and, you know, just saying watch out for a little maybe a little upset alert. Oh yes. I would I would love that. I'm just like so mad about Georgia. I don't know why. Yeah, they really pooped it up against Alabama. Oh yeah. They were going and then it was like uh, Al- a classic Alabama, just turn it on. So, um, but yes, you can have this. It Thank is, you. It is yours, and it is yours forever. And you get to always say that you saw Kentucky break the curse. I know. I- I've seen them break multiple curses now under Mark Stoops, and this was really the last one. So I'm very excited. I can go into future Kentucky football seasons, and who knows what can happen. I'm gonna get excited. So, all right. Thanks for letting me have that. Uh, anytime you need to have something, this is your space for that. Now, Spicer, once again, we are back on the top of the standings. Nothing's really changed there. Uh, the Bruce Matthews, you are sitting at 6-0. I'm at 5-1, and and we're starting to have some space uh, come between us. So um, 
Should we start? Let's start with the Game of Thrones. This is the the big game of the week, the rivalry between the God Kings oh, and the Pit yes. Kings. Oh my God! Brother v brother v brother. What'd you think? This was a nail biter. What an incredible matchup! We could, we I cannot wait to talk about this. So, wow. Did you already say the score out loud to the to the folks at home? I didn't. So listen okay. to this. God Kings, Brady Hyen, one thirty six point two six. Pit Kings by Colton, 136.46, a .2 victory. .2 for the Game of Thrones to bring the trophy to heaven or hell it goes, and to hell it goes with the Pit Kings into the flames. Into the flames. .2. On Monday night. Oh, my gosh. And just, well, and and let's see, the, the setup was, the God Kings really needed a, a miracle <laughs> to <laughs> to pull back in, and Amari Cooper with that garbage time touchdown almost is what got him back in. That's that was what pulled him back to be close. And so once Kenyon Drake scored, I thought to myself, "Oh no, Cowboys! If they just like want to try to run the offense to get some practice, like that could be that could be the game, and God Kings could win." It was so weird. It was so weird. Yeah, it, Cole Beasley in the earlier Monday night game too mm-hmm. pretty much had nothing going for him and then he scored some um, garbage time points as well. So going into the night, it looked like hardly any chance for the God Kings, but uh, they, man, they came so close. This matchup was everything that we hoped it would be and a very exciting finish. Congratulations to Colton. Congratulations and my goodness, I know that you down in the pit are partying it up, but I sure do hope T.Y. Hilton was left out of the of the celebration, dude. That dude is an anchor on your team, dude. Like, I like that he was your last flex spot as this ode to like, yeah, dude, you barely start and I'm done with you. Yeah, especially with several people on the bench outscoring him. Uh, as a Colts fan, I don't even know what to say. Like, I correctly predicted a small bounce back for him last week i'm glad i didn't say anything about this week because he went right back down to the to the bottom there so yikes on that one um i do i guess i can i'm gonna interrupt the flow to go over the standings real quick mainly because of this game had huge standings implications as now both these teams are three and three uh but get this so the god kings are in six which is our last playoff spot and they are ahead of the pit kings for this playoff spot by a tiebreaker of less than 0.2. Oh my goodness. On the season, the God Kings have 902.7 points and the Pit Kings have 902.58 on the season. I I mean, wow. (sighs) Wow, that was... My goodness. Yeah. Uh, So they are... uh, I don't know how it's possible to score that close and then remain that close on the season, but uh, going up from there in the playoff picture, we have the popular ballers who are only uh, three points ahead of the God Kings at 905, and then the winner faces also three and three, uh, a little bit of separation there, 50 points ahead for, for Wyatt over Aaron, and then the Matriarchs also three and three. So we have from third place through seventh place, this playoff picture is starting to firm up here. All these teams are neck and neck with only points separating them uh, with the two of us on top. Um, let's go in next and talk about touchdown to Nabby versus Marley Magic. Um, two franchises uh, wanting to go in opposite directions and 
not getting what they wanted here. Yeah, well, not not getting what you wanted is is definitely true. Uh, you know, Baker getting hurt, like you can't can't do much about that. But yeah, it was just especially for touchdown to Abby. It was like you're looking fine, and then you just had five people just lay absolute eggs at at a minimum you could say that they laid eggs for them so you know you have singletary egg tyreek hill egg Nikhil harry egg, golden tate yeah literal zero golden tate with two like two points it it was just everything went horribly wrong yeah, I, <clears throat> I thought they were going to get a victory, uh, especially Hurts. They, I know that they were considering starting A.J. Green, and he ended up scoring a lot of points on the bench, enough that, that he would have won the game for the, the Abbey if, if, they had, if he had started him. Um, this one, you know, you look at this box score here, and you just see the bright spot of George Kittle down there, and it's like I think the fans are starting to, to chant free uh, George Kittle with just another amazing performance, and... Uh, the team just not able to give him the victory. Yeah, man, that's okay. Um, I know that that uh, touchdown Nabby has m- more public fans than any of the other franchises, as we learned recently that Jake Park, our own Jersey Jersey commissioner, supports them. So um, maybe that support will help the- rally them back into the playoff picture. Uh, next, let's talk about the popular ballers versus the flaming hot cheetahs. First matchup post julio and uh the cheetahs continue get to be successful at tank tanking yep they are they are riding the trevor lawrence train which can we that dude had that dude just did whatever My he wanted against georgia goodness. tech mm-hmm. i think we're gonna have to have a spinoff college football podcast now that big Ten's about to start back up too this is gonna get out of control our podcast trying to fit in college and nfl football yeah, no kidding. It it's about to heat up as the prospects start to shine. Yes, exactly. So, so he's on the he's on the Trevor Lawrence train. Um, I think both teams had like, you know, fine weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zeke's Zeke with the two fumbles. Yeah. Oh, that was bad. That was That's rough. Bad. Uh, the Vikings not being able to get Madison going. I thought I really thought that that was a good like I really thought Madison was going to do well and he's done well in other like when he's been in that role for like the ten to twenty snaps a game kind of role. Whenever he's mm-hmm. touched the ball, I always think like, wow, he looks like a good. And then you know, this is just a reminder like some people really are just a change of pace. They're not they're not the the bell cow. Yeah, and I I was actually relieved to see that as a Dalvin Cook owner, um, just to know that they need Dalvin Cook to come back and there's not going to be any any tomfoolery about uh, his kind of death grip on that job. So good to see that happen. Um, popular Ballers had a, enough to pull out the win, but also just some very solid um, bench players too that they can always look to, a couple of young receivers uh, that did well. So um, yeah, maybe they are going to end up just sneaking into this playoffs and, and uh, do some damage. All right, let's move on to your matchup. This was a, a pretty big... We had two... Both of our matchups were, uh, I guess, the top four teams all going at each other, and uh, you walloped the winner faces. I did. Uh, 
and I was talking to the GM of the Winter Faces last night. We're having a, a a friendly discussion talking about the game, and he was saying like, "Yeah, this week's actually like better, where it's like I don't even have to stress on Monday Night Football. It wasn't close. There's nothing I could have done to swap people out. It was just mm. one of those weeks that you just say, okay, well, I took it, like, kind of got unlucky. But I th- well, I think he got unlucky because." With eight minutes left in the fourth quarter of the Minnesota game and the in the Eagles Baltimore game, Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz I think had like maybe twelve points combined between them. Yeah, some and, major Basura time points there. Yes, and then I had Thielen and Justin Jefferson, and they were in the same boat. They had like five and two points with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and then the garbage time. All, um, like I scored like ninety points in the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter of those two games. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was one point where I got excited because, you know, uh, I'm still one game behind you for the standings, and so I thought, well, this week if I win, we'll be tied, and maybe I can like get closer on the points for. And at one point, you were projected 116 points, and if you would have scored that, that would have actually been enough of a difference to vault me into first place. And I was like getting you know pretty pumped because at that point i'd already scored my points and then i went back and looked at the end of those games and you were up to like 160 or something and i, I was like what happened but the kirk cousins and and carson wins in Basora time that's what happened so congrats on that justin jefferson goodness gracious we'll talk about him later um all right let's finish off with my matchup here against katie uh, Katie has now the, mo- the most points against of any franchise. She's had another team go for 200 points with her as I, I am the second second team to score 200 on the season uh, following the God Kings lead. And this was just a great, great week for me. Uh, and this was even with Daniel Jones starting. So I will <laughs> gladly take that. Uh, no Dalvin Cook either, but um, starting to get my receivers going. And uh, Julio had a, had a big game. I really want to... I mean, it didn't really matter, I guess, in the the end, but I started Trey Burton, um, similar to last week, but minutes before kickoff over Dalton Schultz. And uh, he had, I don't know if you saw that weird rushing touchdown that he had against the Bengals. No, I didn't. I didn't get to catch the rushing touchdown. Yeah, he, he, you know, he's a tight end, but he got a direct snap, like goal line carry. Um, Very bizarre. So wait uh, a second. Trey Burton is listed as a tight end. Yeah, he is a tight end. Wow, I didn't know that. I always thought he was sort of like just a slot receiver guy, but no, I mean, yeah, he he does. He has always been uh, kind of a receiver because he used to be behind Ertz in Philadelphia. Mm, um, oh yeah, I do remember that now. Now that you say yeah. that, and then he went and had a short stint in Chicago, um, but he he had, he had been injured a lot. So I was excited about him going to the Colts, and if not for him, they would have lost to Joe Burrow. So. Thank you, Mr. Burton. Um, but that's that's where we are this week. Um, some rough luck for for the matriarchs, but she's still in third place, <laughs> even with with two bad losses on the season. Still in third place, and I think she's going to be just fine. Yeah, and and by bad losses we mean like just terribly unlucky. To Terrible hit. unlucky. Yeah, the two times two hundreds come up. It's been against her. Also, the week that her and I played, I think I she had the second highest and I had the highest total. Or something like that. It was another one of those situations, I think. Yeah, you beat her 175 to 172. Yeah. And she would have beaten every other team but one that week. So, yeah, she'll, it's good to get these out of the way now. Uh, get get these hard ones out of the way and just cruise uh, as we go to the playoffs. Now, before we move on to our awards, Spicer, next week is a big week. Do you know why? 
Why is that? Because my Gotham Knights take on your Bruce Matthews for the first time. In what is known as the Quarter Bowl. The Quarter Bowl. So very excited about that. Uh, both of us have some really nasty bye weeks um, because there's no Vikings and I don't have an RB2. So we'll see what happens. Oh, this is exciting. This is, yeah. this, is, this is when you've been waiting for this matchup. Like the NFL has been building up this like Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl rematch <laughs> week 13 of the NFL. And then like it comes to it and like Jimmy G is hurt and Mostert's hurt and like Debo's not playing. And you're like, and like on the other side, like they're resting Patrick Mahomes. They've wrapped it up. And you're just like, this yeah. is terrible. Yep, that is a very good analogy. So hopefully we'll, you know, throw in our backups and it will take some very good coaching here as we have to make some tough decisions. So best of luck to you, sir. We will talk next week. Um, also, now, should we tell the folks mm-hmm. at home about why we call it the quarter bowl? Just for a second. I think we need to get yeah, a little, let them, little. Yeah, that's true. Let them know. So for y'all out there, during, this is just happenstance. One Friday, Hunter and I were just looking to honestly waste some time on the internet. So... We, we both just decided to engage in a argument about what the quarter in an Aldi shopping cart, like what that quarter's purpose is to do. Like what or like what is what is the brilliance of the whole Aldi cart situation? Is it that they put the carousels inside or is it that they have a quarter, which is what incentivizes you to take it inside? Or is it like it's a. Because if they were outside and you locked them, would you still have to use the quarter or still have to pay someone to go round up the carts? Would you say that's about right? Pretty much. Because the, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. It was very confusing. It was very confusing. (laughs) We We lost our own way as we went. (laughs) We were just talking at that point, so... That whole argument is now known as the quarter bowl. We'll we'll see if this this changes. Maybe maybe oh I know what it is. Uh, Hunter, we can talk about this live on the air because I want to, I want us each to buy the state's quarter. So one Tennessee and one Kentucky quarter, and us get it framed into a special case. Oh my! And then gosh. whoever wins the or so this is what I was trying to figure out. I don't know if it's whoever wins it displays it, but I actually kind of think it's the loser has to display the other person's state quarter like <laughs> the prominently at their office or whatever <laughs> or in their house so when people yes. ask like why do you have a tennessee state quarter like framed in this velvet case oh my um, gosh then you yes. have to explain that why i love it yes this is 100 percent happening i will be on my lookout for either quarter to to do this we can get thomas griffith or charlie havner or somebody put it in a nice frame for us yes i'm very excited about this it is happening and yeah i think that's the way to do it the loser has to display the other person's home state's quarter at their office i love it yes and and of course if you if you want to get special you can always use it as your aldi quarter if you really need to so yeah in case of break in case of emergency. <laughs> yes oh that would be an <laughs> bracing break in case of aldi Breaking case of Aldi. Oh, I love it. Uh, this podcast brought to you by Aldi's. Thank you, Aldi's. All right, Spicer. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about that. I can't I can't even pretend. Okay, let's get to some awards. Um, Spicer, it's that time of the week oh, to yeah. take some people off notice, thankfully. Uh, thank you so much for putting Matt Ryan on notice. Yes, I thought you'd be pleased about that. Um, so, yes, this week, Matt Ryan with a huge week. 
with Julio, his boy Julio back. The the band is back together for him. He's off notice. He's he he found himself thirty for forty for three hundred and seventy one yards and four touchdowns. That'll get you off notice, sir. So, congrats. Thanks. Um, Kenyon Drake. He I was watching him. I was mm, watching him. He was close. Oh man. And there was sometimes I was like, is he gonna go back? And then he got that garbage time run, and so I was like, well, he's safe. He he skirted by. He's he's he bobbing did. and weaving, um, to stay away. So, so first off, though, I I really want to put two people on notice, but I gotta say, I can't put everyone on notice. But this person deserves to be put on notice. They are too. They are too veteran to be being put on notice. Similar to Ty, it's very similar to Ty's situation. Um, but, oh, oh yeah, because, because we only have T.Y. still on notice now. Mm-hmm. So, this week, Mr. Julian Edelman, oh. you have been put on notice. Jules. So, so I was, when I was, when I was looking up players, I was, you know, like I was dipping through, this week was kind of weird because, yes, there were some definitely, like, duds who played in in like that uh different gms played this week for their team but a lot of them were either like on bad teams and it's like well i don't want to just like punish the person because they're on a terrible team like no one even Mm -hmm. thought they were going to do anything or they were like lottery ticket sort of plays and you're like well you don't punish someone who has like like what are you going to do put brandon Ayuk on notice he's a rookie right like or whatever and i would never do that i love you brandon but um you know, so it's been tough, but Julian Edelman is a perfect candidate, and I was looking at it, and I was like, oh my gosh, he is doing poorly. Like, mm-hmm. like not just bad, he has, so his first week, he had 13 points, fine, like, whatever. Then he has his 25-point uh, huge week against Seattle that second week of the season, and then since then, he's had four points, six points, by week, four points. Yikes. That is bad. And I don't know if it's Cam. I don't know if it's Julian. I don't know if he's just getting older now, but it is not working for him. Yeah, I don't think it's Cam here. I think the New England receiving core, the whole you should just put the whole core on notice because Nikhil Harry didn't even have a catch. Um, I mean, James White is a running back, so he doesn't get included in this. He's the only reason that, you know, Cam had over 100 passing yards. Um, these guys just can't get open. Uh it's you know I know that was part of Brady's frustration there last year and why he left is they just had no weapons and they didn't really do anything to help Cam they didn't bring in anybody new or anything um, yeah I mean he, Jules is getting old for sure but my goodness he's got to do better than what he have only two catches for like eight yards or something and he, he did throw a couple passes that's always <laughs> always exciting I guess oh that the. Julian Edelman had more passing yards than receiving yards. Wow. How about that? Yeah, that's bad. Uh, I, I think this is a great take here. And um, hopefully, you know, I it's like ingrained in me to hate the Patriots, but I really like Cam Newton. I have been pulling for him this year, so I do hope they turn it around just for his sake. But until then, Julian Edelman, you've been put on notice. Very good. All right, Spicer, I am going to give out my Corporate Global Workman of the Week award here. And I'm happy to say that, and sticking with the theme of placing this out in the work world, this is another unique one. 
because here we actually are going to the music industry. And, um, you know, there was a, a rising pop star a couple weeks back. You know him well because he's on your team. His name's Justin Jefferson. He came out with this banger hit that was like number one on the charts, had all of America singing to it. It was on TikTok everywhere. And then he kind of went away and, you know, his other videos didn't get a lot of views. But then he said, oh, no, 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 I'm not a one hit wonder. I'm here to stay. Comes out with nine receptions, 166 yards and two touchdowns. Mr. Jefferson, congratulations. Ooh, thank you, Justin. Yes, put the team on your back. The young boy, 21 years old. Dude, he is awesome. I love having him. Yeah, I just did a, a really big trade for him in my other league because I knew, and you know, this is like like grade A or like 101 Dynasty Fantasy Football especially. Do not trade for somebody the week after they do this, but I didn't care. I had to have them uh, because I can't get DK Metcalf, and I <laughs> wanted one of these two like amazing young receivers. So I went out and got Jefferson. Uh, love Justin Jefferson. Uh, very jealous that you have him on his team. And also, props to you for starting him. It it didn't make the difference in, in your big victory, but um, you know he had had some two down weeks in between that last explosion and with injuries and, and bye weeks and stuff. I know, you know, you had a couple choices, but you decided to go with the rookie. So good job. Yes. Thank you. It, it's tough when you see the team going up against the Falcons to not play the players. <laughs> so. Very fair. Very fair. So uh, yeah, that's my workman award. Well, thank you. Justin is quite appreciative. You should probably, you'll probably be hearing from his team about some social media posts or something later. So, Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see, what do we have next? Oh, next up, we can have the Sex Up or Shut Up Award. Yeah, let's get that. Yeah, so this one, this is good. <laughs> I don't know, this might this might be just equally as, like, annoying, but this award is going to go to Katie and the Matriarchs, which I know she had some rough, some rough starts, too. But there was one start that I really, really, really liked and thought, like, oh, this was a very good call. And that was playing uh, Gaskin, uh, but it was over Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, mm-hmm. Ju- Juju just going to the bench. Like, I almost want to give it to you for putting Juju on the bench um, as much as playing anyone. But I just thought, like, wow, what, what a call. Because, I mean, Juju's one of those players that you think to yourself, like, oh, you just ride, it. You just ride with him, right? Like, yeah. He has he goes up and down. Which speaking of which, you want to talk about someone else who needs to be being a little watched? Might be on the naughty list here, being put on notice. That's true. If he had started this week, I think you would have had to do it to him. Yeah, I would have had to do it to him. But um, but yeah, so this award goes to Katie. I think Gaskins was great play over Juju, and so yeah, yeah, that's great. The sex I, up uh, or shut up award to you, Katie. That's that's good. I think. Uh, I know long term we may be telling a different story years from now, but that that little trade of of me getting digs and sending away Juju for at least twenty twenty um, has paid off very nicely. As Diggs has just been super solid, no crazy weeks where he exploded or anything like that. But um, I think right now he's like a, a top twenty wide receiver maybe on the year. Actually, let me look at that real quick because he's been so consistent. I, I think he's probably in the top five. Yeah, number four overall this year, uh, Stefan Diggs. So, good job, Mr. Diggs. Okay, uh, next up, we have uh, one of my favorite segments. It is we are going to take a look into 
the multiverse of sports. And Spicer, this week, I'm going to let you take the reins. Uh, can you take us on a ride through the multiverse? Absolutely. So we're going to take a ride through the multiverse, which this is this is about to be the perfect... I, I think this might be a good balance of uh, our Kentucky and like Tennessee boy life, which is this. So when, when I was watching that Tennessee-Kentucky game, we were talking about how a big turning point for the Kentucky football program, at least in my lifetime, was Randall Cobb going to Kentucky. Like, mm. that really started getting people interested in football. And, like, it's like, oh, Kentucky is upsetting every now and then someone. Like, this dude is awesome. Like, really starting to build on that. So my multiverse question is, what if Randall Cobb from Alcoa, Tennessee, was actually recruited by ten- by the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and oh, went no. to UT instead of Kentucky? Oh no! I just got chills thinking about the the horrid thing, like the possibility <laughs> of that happening. Because you know, there's there's been some history between these two teams of having players that are like fringe, you know, in basketball and football. Like like not good enough in basketball to play for Kentucky, not good enough in football to play for Tennessee, and then like swapping states. And uh, yeah, so Randall Cobb from. I think he's from, was he from Maryville or Alcoa, whatever. They're basically the same yeah, place. Same. Um, but very good football area too, and like Knoxville's backyard. So the fact that he went to Kentucky is is odd. And he was one of those. Th- this is an important one because he is one of those bright spots for a like young Kentucky fan. Where if he is not there, you don't really have anything to root for. Like yeah. he was the only reason that it made Kentucky fun to watch, like similar to like Tim Couch and Andre Woodson, like some of these names for Kentucky over the years. And even last don't, year. Don't worry, listeners. Sorry, Hunter. I don't know any of those Kentucky players that he just mentioned <laughs> either. So don't That's feel okay. bad. Tim Couch was like a number one overall pick in the NFL. So he went to the Browns and, you know, well, mm-hmm. you can imagine what happened there. So, um, but like last year is a good example. We lost all of our quarterbacks and, Lynn Bowden Jr., who some people may know because he went, he ended up getting drafted by the Raiders and everything. But he uh, did some very Randall Cobb esque stuff, where wide receiver goes to quarterback, and Cobb did that a lot at Kentucky. And uh, you know they tried to make it work with him at receiver, but it was like, okay, our our team is bad, so we kind of have to just give the ball to Randall Cobb, make him do everything. Um, man, if he had gone to Tennessee. Oh, I mean, at least I wouldn't have known like what I was missing out on as a fan, I guess. But it would have just those dark Kentucky years would have been even darker. Yeah, it would have been really rough because I remember him having that big spiel about how everyone left the game early and they ended up coming back and winning. Like Randall Cobb just like single handedly brought them back into a game. Maybe it's like an Arkansas like team or a Missouri. And he called out the fans. And said basketball season is it until November or something like that? Like that was his quote. Yeah, he <clears throat> was amazing. Like, I mean, he was an All American in a Kentucky football jersey. Like that, we don't have many of those folks. Um, so yeah, the thing with him too is um, he was like towards the end of Rich Brooks, who was Kentucky's coach at the time. And then after it, that coach left, like things went downhill. But if if that had like caused rich brooks to go out 
even earlier than like because we actually made a couple bowl games around that time um and i went to one of them as like a kid and so if i hadn't got to have that like i probably i don't know it would have taken a lot for me to come back to the wildcats so thanks for scaring the life out of me yes you're welcome a dark a dark multiverse indeed well i'm gonna now jump back to our league here and we're gonna go back to the game of thrones between the pit kings and the god kings because how, how can we not um with only a point two difference here there's there's a lot to work with so um i i think brady made all the right moves really uh but i could see him justifying uh either of these things one is if he had started fitzpatrick over Aaron Rodgers, which you're probably thinking, why on earth would he have done that? But Fitzpatrick's been like super, super solid. I'm sure even before this week, he probably had outscored Rodgers, if not close, maybe. But um, I mean, yeah, you're going to start Rodgers. But then in the flex, he had Evan Ingram and Cole Beasley. Um, and either of those guys could have been substituted for like James White or Keenan Cole. Um and, I, and nobody would have looked twice at you, would have given you the victory there. And then on Colton's side, you know, if he had scored 0.2 points more, he still would have won, but he also would have gotten into the playoff picture. So he could, excuse me, he could have benched Chase Edmonds or T.Y. Hilton from the flex, which only combined for five points, and put in Adrian Peterson, would have gotten that done. And then uh, also T. Higgins, who he started in the past. So there was lots of what ifs here in this game, um, and but we we haven't mentioned this. DeAndre Swift mm-hmm. yeah. on the bench, um, which you you think he's going to stay. You know, him being on the bench is no surprise because he's been inconsistent. But I don't know. That might have been that that breakout game from that first round rookie pick, where uh, now you start to see Swift take over for for Peterson. Yes, I think I think so. I'm I'm interested to see if. Especially with bye weeks, I don't know if the lines are on bye or not next week. But Swift, I think, will have to get played at some point. Like, I don't think there's. That's just my guess. Like knowing my team, it's like almost all of my players will play at some point for some reason. Just about, or a lot of them will, because of bye weeks. So. Yep, and uh, next week very very much could be the time we see Mr. Swift. So, all right, we both got one more award, Spicer. Uh, yours coming up next is uh, we got to pinch some cheeks. Oh yes, gotta gotta pinch some cheeks. So this one, uh, man, it's 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 going to be a homer pick because honestly, my normal my normal pinchy cheeks, you know, Justin Jefferson. But I have him. I get to pinch his little <laughs> cheeks all I want. He's my little grandbaby. So I'm going to go with my boy and it's because i was talking it's, it's, this is kind of me being trying trying to take a step in a positive fan direction which is i'm gonna say the the pinchable cheeks award goes to aj brown oh yeah um mostly because i had a lot of question marks about aj i know everyone else was hyped on him but to i just didn't think he could be that wide receiver one and i don't think people realize or even i realize like how few true ones like it's like double team them, whatever. They're going to get open, right? Like there's very few mm-hmm. people who can do that. And so AJ, like without Corey Davis, with John who getting hurt, like still managed to be productive this week and keep, and like he, when Corey hasn't been in, he's been able to get open. Corey Davis has also been able to do it when AJ hasn't played. So I've been very impressed with the Titans wide receivers in general, but especially AJ and Derrick Henry. I can't, I mean, dude. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll I th- yeah. that's who I thought you were going to the, the cheeks I, you were going for, but they're, they're too strong. I'm afraid they're going to hit me back. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, going to say I don't think you can pinch his cheeks. Like I no. just don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> no, um, it's not. It doesn't make sense. But yeah, AJ Brown. I've talked. Uh, I don't know if I have on the podcast, but I've talked before um, how, how much I love him, and and I think he's awesome. And it is. I can. I can imagine it is reassuring and nice as a Titans fan to see a young receiver blossom and know that he's good. That's not something that, that the Titans fans are used to. So that's awesome. All right. The last segment we have before we get to the AFC South is Hunter's Hunches. You know what? I like that idea. And oh, your hunch last week. Yeah, there was a, a great hunch. Not only did Ronald Jones outscore the people I said, he was the highest scoring player on the winner phrase's whole team. So, um, and and also, I want to say he kind of did exactly what I said. Yes, he was exactly. Do. So I, I called that, you know, like, oh, you know, the the Patriots used to have those games where Brady would get him in close and then just give it to some running back to punch in. And, and Jones got two touchdowns. One of them was because of the interception. Um, and then, you know, the other one was just a regular offensive drive, but uh, he had a great game. So very happy about that. And then also I want to go ahead and I realized I have, I said I was going to be this big villain and I really haven't like played into that as much. So I, I maybe I should try more, but um, <laughs> one thing is I'm graduating, graduating, graduating the uh asterisk that i have on my thing into just a full-on victory because claypool scored another touchdown this week he's outscoring juju and with no deontay johnson he scored 18 points so i'm just gonna go ahead and say i'm officially three and one instead of two and one uh and i'm just gonna take it and the rules here are all made up so no one can really contest that so hunter's hunches (laughs) is three and one on the season (laughs) and we're going for four and one and here's where we're going this is going to sound very bizarre from what we talked about so far on the podcast, but I'm actually going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster as my hunch. I think mm-hmm. Juju, he's going to be forced to bounce back. He's almost going to be forced to start, um, but I think Katie's going to want to try to not start him. But you know, this week she's got some people out. Both her Dolphins flex players are going to be out this week. And she's going to have to start Kenyon Drake now after his big performance. So it leaves this last flex spot in a weird spot with Juju. You've got Jerry Judy. You've got Jimmy Graham. And then you've got Gronk. So in you know at the beginning of the season, you're like, are you kidding me? Like, it's Juju, clearly. But all of these guys uh, outscored Juju. So yeah. it, this is a real question. And I think Juju's going to be forced to to do something here. And they're playing the Titans. So... If, if anything like last week, that you'll see why I'm picking this because there was lots of offense, and I think we may get a big play from Juju, or at least you know it, enough to outscore those those three guys I just mentioned. So my hunch is telling you to start Juju, Katie. Um, proceed with caution, but we're three and one, so it looks like it could be a good idea. Yeah, great, great hunch. So I I definitely am in on that. Uh, it's so fun. It's something about the Steelers receivers because I was actually thinking like, oh, I wish Hunter had an Oracle segment so I could ask him about like, I know I even play him, but like I was thinking like James Washington, what a strange player. Don't know what to do with him. I want to play him. I like him very much, 
but but another Steelers wide receiver where it's like I considered starting him for instead of Christian Kirk even this week. Hmm. Yeah, you know they have a lot of talented receivers. They always draft good receivers. Uh, <laughs> ev- just dating back a long time, Heinz Ward and Antonio Brown, all those guys. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch because I have Deontay Johnson, who I still have high hopes for. He's just been hurt. So um, hopefully he gets back in there against Tennessee. All right, we've put it off long enough. Uh, big week in the AFC South. We'll get the the small stuff out of the way first. Jags suck. And then my Colts, <laughs> uh, after all that down talk last week, look at what they did. They were down 21 nothing to Joe Burrow. And Phillip Rivers comes back to win. Yeah, I could I could not believe that. I could not believe they come. They came back. Also, I'm kind of upset because I still think that like. I still think I'm, I mean maybe they just paid Philip Rivers to be the tank commander. I don't know. I don't think that's what they did. But like he has been so bad to me. Like yeah, just so absolutely. Bad. And like the thing is with the, both of our two young receivers being hurt, and we've already talked about the decline of T. Y. Hilton. Like. You just got random guys catching the ball. Like, Marcus Johnson, get out of here. Who is that guy? 100 <laughs> yards? Like, I know he's been around. He's been on the team. But um, Jack Doyle just is bad. He, he scored a touchdown to make people not realize that he's bad. But he had a nasty fumble. Um, but Jonathan Taylor, he shined uh, in this game. So I was very happy to see him get some receptions. Um, he had a had a pretty big reception, too, to, like, 20-yard catch um, and everything. So... I'm walking back some of my feelings, so we'll see. This team, I think, is going to induce a lot of like stress for me. Um, <laughs> I have a feeling. So I think it's going to be a lot of you yelling at Philip Rivers, like, "Why are you doing that, dude?" That's yeah. how I feel about it. It's like, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think the only team that has a weirder record than the Colts is the Bears, mm-hmm. uh, five and one, but four and two for the Colts. It doesn't. I mean, that's weird. Uh, so i'll take it like i said i'll take it as long as we can get it but um yeah interesting stuff all yeah, right speaking, let, let's also, get oh, oh, go ahead i also wanted i had to bring this up because you're talking about throwing the ball to receivers where you're like who is this person and watching that four o'clock monday night game i was like who is pringle who is this pringle person <laughs> byron pringle <laughs> yeah and no Nicole Hart- hardman sighting that was very strange yeah once you pop the fun don't stop yeah pringle byron pringle <laughs> All right, the Titans versus the Texans. What a ride. Amazing. <laughs> Best game of the week. Which is such a bummer because I didn't get to watch any of it. Oh. <laughs> not, like, barely. I saw. Actually, that's not true. I saw the first two touchdowns that the Titans scored. Hmm. But I was out of town. Terrible, terrible. Like, not good internet. And oh. then... Did you get any radio? No. Um, and, well, and, and, well, the, the other thing was it was in Kentucky... And so they got they get Cincinnati there, and if it's mm-hmm. not Cincinnati, it, they they flex the Steelers into like the local slot and not the Titans. Yeah, isn't that nice? That I I miss uh, not having to watch the Titans, but uh, for a Titans fan, it's not nice. But it was great as a kid. Well, let's talk about. Oh well, yeah, we can keep lot. talking about it though, because I ca- I caught up. I'm 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 pretty privy yeah. to what what's, so, what's going on. It looked like the Titans had this you know, in the bag and then Deshaun Watson started started going. And I'm I'm back on the Texans, like even with their record that they have, I'm back on them like having a chance to put together some like a winning streak and if not sneak into the playoffs, like be in the picture towards the end. They're one in five, but this team could for sure get hot. 
Oh, for sure. <clears throat> um, Tannehill, I mean, both of us have said a lot of bad things about him, but man, like he's doing it. Dude, he is good. Like He's good. <clears throat> what happened? Like, is it all to just, we just have to forget about the Dolphins run? Like, because it was the Dolphins? Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry, Ryan. Yeah. Well, and I can't believe, like, the big thing to me, it's like, if you were, like, Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill are the same age, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Yeah, they are. So both 32. And so it's like, what different career trajectories for those two? Like, it feels like Kirk Cousins is like... Opposite. Yeah. But, you know, the, the amazing thing to me is, like, Tannehill still looks, like, very athletic. Like... He is still running well and yeah, like doing all of those things. He, it it's it's amazing. It's yeah, yeah. There was just it makes me want to cry just thinking about like having a quarterback <laughs> who's like productive. Yeah, there's there's so many things to to hit here. It's it. I'm, we will pro- we will guarantee. I guarantee we will miss something that's noteworthy. But I mean, you had Derrick Henry doing his thing. You even had McNichols like on his very limited touches like was really good um he had like one run that was like a, a good little 20 yard like pop that was nice the one of the funniest things to me that happened in this game was that derrick henry on that screen pass like <laughs> got like 50 something yards like probably the most receiving yards he's ever had in a game and it was all from one play and a <laughs> oh, huge yeah. huge spot in overtime um that was massive or was that right in the end of the fourth quarter i can't remember but uh it was crucial um man brandon cook's Played well. Hmm? Fuller got his big touchdown. David Johnson didn't really do anything. Oh, here's a funny thing I was going to mention. Like, with Johnny Smith getting hurt, which is sad because he's good and he's on your team. I hope he comes back. But Ferkser, like, what? Yeah, dude, he's good. <laughs> what is that? Eight catches for 100 yards? Get, yeah, that dude. That is hilarious. Yeah, and this is actually, I think, coming on into, when's the NFL trade deadline? Uh, I think it's like two two weeks from now, maybe. Yeah, is it week eight or week nine or something like something that? Something like that. Um, I was actually thinking, like, depending on how severe Johnny is, because they still have, I think they still have Pruitt on the depth chart, too, um, who's another, like, pretty serviceable tight end, I think. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, and, like, is it Swaim or, or something like that? I th- I th- think that that's one that we got rid of in the off season because I think we ran with four tight ends. So I think that uh i'm not sure but but pruitt is very good so i'm i'm anticipating actually one of ferks or one of those three getting traded before the trade deadline Mm. just because of value right like johnny's at the end of his contract i think like he's gonna have to re-up and so if if they're planning on re-signing him that's great but if not like his value or ferks value won't be any higher than now so i kind of anticipate a trade of one of them. Yeah, Ferkser, I I personally would rather have Johnny Smith um, for the future, but Ferkser got it done. I just he's funny to me. It's like he just kept popping up like so consistently catching catching balls. Yeah. Let, uh, let's talk about. I know we're going long today. Thanks for staying with us, folks. But I want to end unless you have anything else to talk about that Vrabel magic of the trickery of the 12th man on the field saving time on the clock i mean it, i'm speechless yeah i it's it's 
and this is what's amazing is like it's not the first time Mike Vrabel has used the rules to gain an advantage over yeah. his opponent, right? Like the the big punt situation with the delay of game against Bill Belichick in mm-hmm. the playoffs. I mean, I think that the entire country was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that the Patriots lost because Mike Vrabel outsmarted Bill Belichick. Like that, like that is no better way for the country to watch the Patriots lose, I don't think. So for those at home, if you don't know, like it was second and one with like three minutes left and the Titans were down by one and the Texans were like very clearly going to score. So Vrabel wanted them to score as fast as possible so that they could get the ball back with a chance to tie. And so he like ran this man out onto the field uh, like at the last second to get the penalty. The, you can tell the players are confused because they're like, wait a second, this is like not good. And then he like kind of pretends to be upset <laughs> with the player. But then you see him pull down his mask and mouth like we're saving time. We're saving time. And so what happens is the clock stops and then the Texans go ahead and get the first down and move forward, and then they end up scoring. So it leaves Tennessee with like 40 extra seconds of time, and then, of course, Tennessee comes down and and ties it to go to overtime. So that's amazing. But, Spicer, what do you think about the Romeo Cornell decision to go for two for the just gutsy win and then not get it? Yeah, so... This one... I, I actually like this call better than the Minnesota call. Mm. Um, because I, I think a big reason why is because of the the extra point being moved back is not quite the automatic true uh, play that it used to be. So, and I don't know the stats on like how many extra points are being missed now, but you know, like Butker missed one yeah. la- yesterday. So there's a part of me that thinks like, a two-yard play to absolutely put the game out of reach versus like that that extra point that may maybe put you to like to where they have to take the two point make the two point conversion, but there is still this thing of like, well, they still have to score twice, right? Like they have to score the touchdown and the two point conversion. That mm-hmm. is still like the two point conversion play is just more difficult than I think. It's at least as difficult as the play that you're about to run, right? Yeah. So, so there's a part of me that's just like I don't know. Um, that one is tough. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't necessarily fault him on that one. That that one I kind of I can understand why, and especially it, where you are as a franchise right now, right? Like right. You just exactly. fired your head coach. If you can go ahead and ice that game, that's huge for you. So yeah, interim coach. The team is like one and four at before they lose yeah i think it makes perfect sense why he did it uh like personally like for for him and that decision um i yeah i probably would have just tried to kick the extra point and because like you said a two-point conversion is a lot harder than people think obviously because the texans didn't get it but man that game was just a treat to watch i've enjoyed it very much Oh, I can't. I'm. I'm kind of glad I. I missed it. I think I might have died. <laughs> you I might have had a heart attack. Yeah, I don't know if I could have made it. Man, <sighs> I'm well, stressed out just thinking about it. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, incredible. Well, that's all I have, Spicer. Uh, we we kept these people here long enough. Uh, sorry. Tell your your next teacher that we're sorry we let you or we we kept you over. Uh, we won't do it again. Um, yeah. As always, thanks for joining the Corporate Global Dynasty Podcast. Yes, and one last thing. I know we have we have to go. 
but I wanted to save the best for last, which is T.Y. Hilton, due to your absolutely just dreadful, dreadful performance this year. Yes. You, sir, are being moved from on notice, and you, sir, are being banished to the Shadow Realm. Swiggity Swagger Realm, say hello to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> so, T.Y., yes. what this means is it's going to require you to have either back-to-back weeks to even to get you out from the shadow realm and on notice or one monster godlike game to pull you out of the depths of the shadow realm to save your soul from eternal damnation there so <laughs> dude yes. we, we need you to go big to get yourself out of this hole and i hope you do as a colts fan i'm so glad you remembered to put that in i know we talked about that adding that in as an extra layer a deeper layer to on notice but uh sorry ty good luck getting out of there well that's all we had for you <laughs> all right always good to end the show with the banishment so bye sir we'll talk uh we'll talk soon and as always thanks for listening Brought to you by Magiano Productions.